Hello and welcome to the BC Buckets podcast, a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to covering all things related to Briarcliff University Charger men's basketball. I'm Matt Gall, a 2008 alum of Briarcliff and lifelong Charger fan. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at at BC Buckets Cast, that's at BC Buckets Cast, or email us at bcbucketspodcast at gmail.com. Reach out if you have a question for the coaching staff, want to comment on Charger basketball, or simply want to compliment Coach Mark Figuera's impeccable courtside fashion sense. Speaking of Coach Figuera, he joins me now, as he will for each episode, to provide an inside look at the Charger men's basketball program. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate that intro and referencing fashion sense, or lack thereof in my case. But uh, I'm excited to get this thing rolling. Episode 1, BC Buckets. Let's do it. Now, I'm, I'm a little surprised and I'm thrilled that we're actually sitting here doing this, but uh, why don't you talk a little bit about how this podcast even came to happen? Well, if I'm not mistaken, it started back in mid-June, and yourself and I and Nick Nelson, our athletic director, and Jared Bodemer, our associate athletic director, were on a group email chain about something completely unrelated. Um, you brought this up. I brought it back up to you a couple weeks later. Um, I think you maybe thought I was joking at the time, um, but I've been all in on this from the get-go. I think this is awesome. I'm a big podcast fan myself, as I know you are too. Um, And so to be able to be on our own is awesome for me. And if we get to highlight Briarcliff basketball, then all the better. Yeah, and I honestly didn't think you were serious. But when you said that, I took your word for it, and I went into my closet, dug out, any microphone and my computer and made sure we could do this so uh, like I said I'm just glad we're we're sitting here doing this so we can talk about the program and kind of let people get an inside look at what happens you know on the court obviously but but other things that happened with the team and and so I'm excited to be able to share that how was your summer my summer was good I you know it does kind of feel like the older I get the the faster it goes um but it was good, and my wife and I had a chance to get out of town a couple different times, um, and uh, that's obviously always good. Spent a lot of time with our guys. We had a pretty good amount of guys here in the summer for summer workouts. Uh, we would go four days a week with them, and you know, most days had 12 to 18 guys here in the gym, and that's been unbelievable for us in terms of building our program, building the culture within the program over the last really five years now. Yeah, well, and, and we'll get to that, but uh, I thought we'd cover something maybe a little more important. I think I talked to you earlier this summer, and you were getting ready to head out to Vegas. That's true. Uh, we went to Vegas back around Memorial Day. Um, my wife and I pretty much schedule our vacations around where we're going to eat. Um, we're both foodies, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, we like to go to new places. We like to try new things, and Vegas gambling aside and all the other things aside that go with vegas is an unbelievable food destination and we were able to hit some great spots while we were out there so being a foodie what does that mean do you have particular tastes or you're adventurous or i think it's a little bit everything i mean i'm highly opinionated in my food critiques and our every one of our players everybody in our program really would tell you that and if i don't think you're online with my views i'm going to let you know about it Um, But we're definitely adventurous. I like to try new things, different ethnic foods. Um, For example, when we were in Vegas, we had Japanese, we had Spanish food, we had Mexican, you know, and and everything in between, you know. So it's just just something my wife and I have gotten into here these past six, seven years. Okay. 
Well, and I just got done filling my freezer with Tony's frozen pizzas, so I guess I'm on the other side of that spectrum. Hey, there's nothing wrong with a good old-fashioned frozen pizza. That's you're right. For sure. If, if you're on a time budget, then uh, those certainly come in handy. Well, let's talk a little bit more about this summer, and I know you said you had some guys uh, working out, but what are some other uh, changes or developments? I know there's a new addition to the coaching staff. Yeah, we actually have two new additions to the coaching staff. Um, we hired a new grad assistant here in the last month. Chris Davis is his name. Uh, comes to us from North Iowa Area Community College, uh, where he spent the last two years. He graduated college from Minot State. He was actually a really good player um, back a few years ago. Um, he just started with us here in early August. He's doing a great job. We're really excited to have him join us. He's taken over for, for Trevor Flemmer, who was with us a year ago, and went on to uh, bigger, better things, I guess. Um, we, were, we were sad to lose him, but uh, he had an unbelievable opportunity, and, and it worked out really well that we got Chris on board with us. In addition to that, Austin Leffler, who's a 2017 grad and a 1,000-point scorer at Briar Cliff, is joining our staff this year, and I'm really thrilled to have Austin. Um, he's a guy who knows the program. Uh, he knows me. He knows the GPAC. I mean, he just – it's a big-time pickup for us to get him on staff as well. How important is it to have guys who've gone through the system, gone through the program, know the culture, even know some of the guys who maybe played when they were uh, upperclassmen and, and now those guys who are freshmen are upperclassmen. How important is it to that, to the team to retain that experience and knowledge? I think it's, I think it's a very positive thing. You know, you look at our coaching staff and, and there's five of us. Three of those guys are Briar Cliff alums, you know, Coach Schultz, Coach Shipley, and, and Coach Leffler. Um, and a little side note, I'm by far the worst player on the <laughs> coaching staff. Um, but to have those guys, the pride in the program they have, um, those guys want the absolute best for the program. And to have that is a luxury for me because I know they're going to they're gonna give it all, they're all, every day, all day. Yeah, and Leffler, in my opinion, has had the sweetest shot I've ever seen in this gym, and no one can convince me otherwise. Austin could shoot the rock, for yeah. sure. Um, there's some people who would argue with you, um, and we're not going to get into <laughs> that not, today. Yeah, I'm not asking for your opinion, There's definitely some guys coach. the last few years that would argue with you, but uh, Austin could shoot the rock. He was a great player here, and, and part of a group of guys that really turned our culture from good to outstanding. Mm -hmm. You know, his class of guys kind of started that all where they came in as freshmen and we were not very good their first year. And as juniors and seniors, they were GPAC champs. They went to the Elite Eight. You know, they won 100 games in, in four years here. Um, and when we talk about the summer and how important that's been to our program and the culture, it was kind of those guys that started that. And, and so to have him back, um, it comes back to his pride in the program and, and – honestly how important he's been to the program um, so like I said it was a no-brainer for me when I had the opportunity to add him to our staff you know I think one thing that a lot of people maybe don't really know a lot about is with summer workouts can you talk about what that looks like is that more uh, informal non-structured uh, more more team-led type of workouts or what's the involvement from the coaching staff or what can you get involved with well, during the summer, um, when school's out through the month of July, we can be on the court with our guys um, pretty much as much as we want. And so we go four days a week. The guys lift for an hour with our strength staff, who does an unbelievable job. And then we're on the floor for an hour to an hour and ten minutes a day. And it's, it's some 
informal. It's some formal. We spend a lot of time with skill development, um, trying to break down each guy's game and add one thing in the summer. You know, I don't think it's a positive to try to add 27 things to every player's game. But right. if there's one thing that you can add or one thing as a player that you can refine, then you're doing something good. We also spend some time doing some team things, some offensive concepts, some defensive concepts. Um, I'm a tinkerer, and so we spend some time just looking at some things that maybe we'll do this coming season, and maybe we won't because sometimes I see it on the floor and I think, you're an idiot. What are you thinking? This is never going to work. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, it's been really good, and it's, it's informal from the sense that it's not mandatory. Um, we encourage our guys certainly to be here, especially if you're in town for the summer. You know, don't, don't not come because you want to sleep in or something like that. If you're here, be here. Um, but guys go on vacations and guys go back home to see family and friends, and I, I certainly encourage that. But I think this summer we did have 35 workers. We did have two guys with perfect attendance, which is amazing because of how busy summers can be. But it's been great for us. I thought collectively as a group we had an outstanding summer, and I think it, think or hope, I guess, it's going to pay dividends for us come January, February. And now summer's obviously over. And I know you guys continued a uh, long tradition with uh, – moving in the process of moving in and I know the basketball team has been an important part of the moving process can you talk about what that tradition is and how you continued it this year yeah it's something that you know this goes back a couple head coaches I think Todd Berry actually started it um, which would have been back in your time as a student if I'm not yep. mistaken they moved me in um, you know it we have all of our returners just kind of set up around the freshman dorms and offered a carry things up the stairs for people, futons, televisions, boxes, you name it. Um, and it, it's just kind of a welcome to our freshmen. You know, we certainly help the basketball players, but we help the average student. We help a, you know, soccer player, whoever else. And I just think it's, one, it's great for our guys to give back a little bit to the campus that, that gives us so much and supports us so much. Um, it's a good chance to meet people. You know, it's a good chance for the our freshman basketball players, looking at it from a very specific standpoint, to meet some of the upperclassmen. You know, they know us coaches through the recruiting process really well, and they probably know some of the players. Um, but just to put a name with a face helps the parents out. It's a stressful time for parents, I would imagine. You know, and if we can relieve a little bit of the stress, I think that's a great thing. Okay, so we talked a little bit about what's been going on with Briarcliff basketball this summer, but I know in the last six months or so there's been some changes within the NAIA, even with the GPAC. Uh, there's a new playoff format that's been announced. Uh, there's an addition of Jamestown, which has taken effect, uh, I believe, this fall already. Correct. And then there was recently the announcement of the partnership with the arena, the Hesse Carlson Arena, which is being built here in Sioux City. So it's been a busy time, I guess, for not only your program, but for the conference and the NAIA. Can you talk a little bit about some of those changes and what that means for you and your program? For sure. I think we'll start at the national level. Um, and and we have, we'd known this was coming, or at least we're pretty sure it was coming that starting in the 2021-2022 season, we'll be going back to one division in men's basketball in the NAI, women's as well. Um, and we kind of knew that was coming. There were some unknowns with how, how it was going to look um, in terms of postseason formats, in terms of national tournament locations. And to be honest, Matt, there's still some unknowns there. Uh, what we do know is that 16 teams 
will go to the final site, which is to be determined. If I were a betting man, I would bet on Kansas City sure. um, per history, per tradition. Um, you know, which that's a big change because for years and years, dating back to the start of the tournament, it's been 32 teams at that final mm -hmm. site. Um, you know, is it going to be better or worse? To be determined, I guess. You know, it's I, I guess I want to reserve judgment till we get to that point and, and see what it looks like and how it's all going to work. Um, but I, I think, honestly, it was inevitable that this change was coming, like I said. And uh, at this point, we're going to start to prepare for it. Um, I don't know that it changes a whole lot in terms of how we're going to recruit, how we're going to run our program, the style we're going to play. Um, and I, I, I still think the GPAC as a conference is going to be one of the best in the country. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a little biased when it comes to that. But, you know, it's exciting. I think when we know everything that we need to know, I can give you a better idea. But uh, that's probably not too far away now, to be honest with you. Well, and I recently saw that the Pentagon up in Sioux Falls was named the best championship venue for the 2017-2018 athletic season. So obviously we have a little bit of bias for our hometown Tyson Event Center, but uh, certainly I think the Pentagon lived up to being a, an elite level facility for that type of tournament. Well, I, I can't say enough good things about the Pentagon and their staff and how the tournament ran uh, this past year and we'd been to Branson you know numerous times and I'll be honest I was kind of a, a Branson lover you know I liked yeah. going down there it's kind of a unique thing you know, everybody goes to Lambert's to eat on the way down there's just some of those things that are built in traditions and that was all kind of put to the wayside and so there were some unknowns again this year and I'll be honest I was a little skeptical um, but when it came to how our players were treated um, it was second to none and and i'm talking little things that are that are big things at the end of the day and and add to our guys experience just having our logo on the door of our locker room every day right having players names in the lockers right you know and that those are things that hadn't happened before um and it's no joke that it's a unbelievable facility you know and i know you were up at a couple of the games at least up there you're talking about a facility that hosts an nba g league team um they they host or this year they hosted the NCAA Division II Elite Eight. Mm -hmm. They had Division I games there every year. They've had NBA preseason games there. It's a big-time basketball venue. And the best thing about the Pentagon is that it's, it's a great venue, but it's still small enough to be an intimate setting for our tournament. And when we played, and I know it was the same for the other GPAC teams up there as well, we had some outstanding crowds. And, and it was awesome, and I'm, you know – Certainly hope we can be back there about eight months from now, um, but it's a great place, and I'm excited they're going to they're gonna keep it for the next two years at least. Yeah, from my perspective as a fan, you know, being able to make the hour, hour and a half drive up the road, you know, I know the crowds we brought up there were loud, involved, engaged. It was just a lot of fun from, a, from the fan experience standpoint. How did that compare to some of the, the fan trips or the fan groups that made the trip down to Branson? You know, I know you had those loyal groups who could make it, but obviously with a venue closer to home, you're going to have increased numbers. What was that experience like? Yeah, well, it was great. And I, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say something about how great the support is that we get, you know, and that's from Briarcliff students. That's from our players' parents who are awesome. That's from the random fans, alums, boosters in town, um, you know, and like you said, there was a ton of people up there, certainly more than we ever had in Branson. 
and I think that's more uh, – it's seven and a half hours to Branson, right. and like you said, an hour, hour and 15 up to the Pentagon. You know, so it's a lot more convenient for people. Um, but we're fortunate in the support we get, and you see it at our home games certainly. But what goes unsaid a lot is we see it every place we play. You know, we have good following on the road in the G-Pack, and that's, that's something that separates our program a little bit from others maybe. So switching gears back to uh, venues a little bit closer to home, a recent development is that there's a new facility going in here in Sioux City called the Arena, and the GPAC recently announced that they will be housing their home offices at that facility. What does that mean for the conference as a whole? Uh, well, I think for the conference, it gives us a home base. Um, you know, our conference administrators will have offices there. Um, I think it's going to be a big-time facility. You're talking about a something that Sioux City's sorely missing right now is a, a youth facility with, you know, they're going to have six, seven courts. They're going to have an actual arena. It's going to be, I think, in concept, similar to what we saw up in Sioux Falls at the Pentagon. Right. Um, and the, the guys who are behind this, you know, they've been awesome. They're promoting it. Um, there's discussions about maybe playing a game a year down there for us. Um, you know, and, and like I said, the guys behind it have been great. You know, Mike Kessie's a Briarcliff alum. Um, yep. And then Jeff Carlson and Dusty Cooper are not Briarcliff alums, but they're big basketball people in the community, um, and they've been great. We've had a lot of discussions with them about what it might look like um, in the future right away. I'm excited to have it. I think it's going to be great for basketball in Sioux City and the surrounding area. I think it's going to give us a little bit more of a big-time feel. You know, I mean, we're not the Big Ten, let's be honest. Right. Um, <laughs> Almost. We're close. Just we're close. to just to we're have there. that home base with some some logos down there and maybe spreading the word about the GPAC a little bit more um, because I think as, as much success as our conference has had across the board in numerous sports, I think there's still a lot of people that maybe don't know a lot about it. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't get out to games. And obviously I would encourage anybody in the, the tri-state area to, to check out GPAC sports, regardless of what you're a fan of. Check out GPAC Sports because there's big-time athletics going on in the GPAC. Well, and I imagine there's going to be a lot of high school teams rolling through that facility, and that's great exposure, especially for Briar Cliff. Absolutely. Anytime big-time high school programs come to Sioux City, that's great for us. Um, yeah. You know, that's a quick recruiting trip to go down to the arena. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I think just for basketball in the region, I think it's big-time. And it's no, it's no secret how big basketball is in, in our particular region in northwest Iowa. I mean, I learned that real quick when I started here – going on eight years ago now just i'd heard a lot about it um didn't know what to make of that until i saw my first northwest true northwest iowa high school game and it's people are nuts about basketball and that's awesome to be a part of yeah and our gpac region just recently got a little bit bigger now we include the state of north dakota in our geography with jamestown now officially being members of the gpac i believe they've already played some uh, volleyball soccer and football games as gpac members and so uh, the conference grows by one this year. What do you think the addition of a university like Jamestown means for the prestige of the conference? Well, I, I think if you look at Jamestown, they've, they've had a lot of success in a lot of different sports over the years. Um, pre my time at Briar Cliff, I was in the same conference. I coached at Dickinson State University, and at that time they were in the same conference as Jamestown. So I have a little familiarity uh, they've been known for their basketball for a long time. I know, I think it was last year, they opened a brand-new facility. Uh, the looks on Twitter looks unbelievable. You know, so we'll be excited to go up there, and there's not a whole lot of time in between then and now. That's actually our GPAC opener this year. Okay. Um, we're going to open up GPAC play up there, and so 
a little bit longer bus trip than we're we're used to but you know at the end of the day i think it strengthens our conference from a numbers perspective um i think from institutional mission and institutional values i think they align very well with the gpac and so you know it's two less games we have to schedule in the non-conference which is also nice now there's a former professor sociology professor who took a job up there as the dean at jamestown dr paul olson huge briarcliff basketball fan so i gotta ask are you getting some inside information there or well i haven't yet um I'm going to try. I'm going to guess knowing Dr. Olson, he's going to be pretty tight-lipped. Um, yeah. But uh, I know he was a big basketball fan here, and I'm guessing he's a big basketball fan up there as well. Um, so it'll be, be good to see him when we go up there for sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think I heard from him that he'd like to get involved with the podcast. So maybe we'll hear from him for a little pregame breakdown once we get a little bit closer to the GPAC opener. I'm all for that. He will bring an interesting perspective, no doubt. So speaking of social media – there's i don't know are you familiar with uh, a parody account that's floating <laughs> around i believe based on your persona uh i am familiar um mark's Fogera, i think it's i think it's called okay, clever um i actually i do know who runs the account i'm not gonna let the cat out of the bag on this podcast i do know who runs it um the person who does it actually did ask for my permission before starting it it's somebody you know, I know well enough to know that's not going to put anything really stupid out there on social media. Um, but it's it's kind of taken on a persona of its own, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. It really kind of started at the national tournament this year. Um, at the Pentagon, they were rolling through tweets that had hashtag D2 NAI men's basketball. And there was a certain tweet about something with a Pentagon-shaped marker board. And it was all over the video boards up at the Pentagon and, and the guy who runs the Pentagon actually came over and asked me about it. And I think he thought it was my Twitter account. And I told him, no, that's a parody. And he said, well, either way, I sent that to all the higher ups at Sanford and they thought it was the best tweet we've ever got about the Pentagon. And so from there, I know our guys follow it. They come in and talk about it all the time. Other coaches in our league follow it because they've asked me about it. And, you know, so it, it's kind of cool. I guess, I don't know if I've made it, um, when you get a parody Twitter account, but um, it's certainly funny. Yeah, well, obviously, folks know about the Bo Pelini Twitter account, so uh, I, I'm not sure if that means you've made it, but it certainly means something, I suppose. Yeah, it means somebody either wants to uh, replicate me or make fun of me, and either way, I guess I'm okay with it. <laughs> so the guys, do you know about it? Oh, yeah, our guys know all about it. Okay. And, and honestly, I – I'm on Twitter, you know, I'm on social media. I don't follow it nearly as closely as our guys do. So sometimes they'll stop by my office and say, Coach, did you see what your parody account tweeted out? And they'll have to bring it up and show it to me because sometimes I don't see it. But um, it, there's definitely some funny ones on there, no doubt about it. Yeah, well, maybe you can bring in Coach Sfogera as an honorary captain or something like that. Be a good idea. You know, we need to be careful. We need to protect the identity. Um, of course. I don't know if it's nearly as good if you let that cat out of the bag. Now, Coach, I know on your Twitter account you recently shared some images of new jerseys that you guys will be wearing this season. We did. Um, we get new uniforms every couple of years. Um, and to be honest, I, I put a lot of that on our guys, let them choose what they want to a certain extent. Uh, you know, we're not going to go anything too crazy. 
Um, but we, we threw a couple new things out there this year. Um, since I've been at Briarcliff, we've had blue road uniforms. We made a switch to black. Um, I've always personally thought our colors look really sharp on a black uniform. Um, and so the guys wanted black, so we have those. They're Jordan. I think they're pretty sweet looking. Um, and then our white homes, which is what we've generally had, is white at home. Um, the guys decided instead of Briar Cliff or Chargers, we just went with the cliff, which I'm a big fan of. I've been pushing that. So, you know, I came to Briar Cliff in 2011, and I've been pushing that. And some of the guys have liked it. Others haven't. This group really does, obviously, because they put it on a uniform. But I think it really separates us. You know, we're the only college in America where cliff is the second word. So we really are the cliff. And well, physically, yeah. we are the cliff, too. Right. Well, and you've got the cliff on the new upper-level bleachers at Newman Flanagan Center up on the second floor. If uh, you haven't been to the Newman Flanagan Center since last spring, they put in new bleachers on that second level. So you've got the cliff written on those bleachers and then BC below on the bottom-level bleachers. So the cliff's really become the brand of this program and the the school in a lot of ways. Absolutely, it has. And you mentioned some of the upgrades we've done in the Flanagan Center – you know, I would encourage anybody to get out volleyball season, our early season games. Um, it looks really sharp right now. It's some of the things that have been done. We switched our Hall of Fame room. We glassed in both of the rooms on the second level that overlook the floor. Um, we have some new signage. It looks really sharp, and, and we're excited to get this place packed here come basketball season. Well, and like you said, uh, volleyball certainly uses this facility, and they just started their season just a couple of days ago. So all the fall sports are in full swing now. Uh, I think, Coach, you had some shout-outs that you wanted to give. Yeah, I do, and, and I'm going to start with our with our fall sports. You know, this is an exciting time on campus, certainly, with kids moving in and, and fall sports starting. And we had four of our teams compete over the weekend. And look at our volleyball team went 3-1 and one up at the Northwestern Classic. Um, had three big wins and, and played a top 10 team really close from the looks of it. Our men's soccer team won in dominating fashion yesterday, 5-0. Um, our women's soccer team, you know, they took a loss, but from the sounds of it and looking at the stats, it looks like they controlled the game and just couldn't get the one or two goals they really needed um, to hit the back of the net. But um, and, and then I know you and I were both at the football game yesterday, and, I mean, you want to talk about a dominating performance from the get-go you know, I think they just dominated that game. And it's exciting to see with a new coaching staff now in their second year to see that progress they've made. It's, it's unbelievable what Coach Wagner and his staff are doing. Yeah, uh, standing out. It was a beautiful day down on the field. I certainly am feeling the effects of the sunburn today on my face. You and me but, both. <laughs> but watching watching that, where that program's come in in a year with uh, another year of Coach Wagner's leadership and and just watching the, the maturity of the players and the leadership from the players who've been through the struggles and, and now have the responsibility to go out and compete, but also bring a lot of new guys on board. And I was just impressed that every facet of the game, it seemed like Briar Cliff was, was beating Waldorf. And I'll tell you, the front seven on the defense, they wow. seem to be in the backfield on every single play. I'm not sure if they got any sacks in the game, but it seemed like that quarterback was constantly under pressure, and obviously the secondary benefited from that. Yeah, they did. I mean, you, you go back to the first play of the game. And I, right. I think it was the first play from scrimmage. So. We had a pick six, and just like that, we're up 7 nothing. It was – I just can't say enough about what they're doing. Um, the It was fun to watch. Um, I'm excited to see what they can do this year, you know, and I know it's – 
Coach Wagner would probably tell you, like most coaches would, it's one win and this and that. But, you know, I think it's a huge step in the right direction, and I, I'm really excited for our football program this year. Yeah, they definitely took care of business, and I'm excited to see where things go. I believe the next game is Thursday, September 6th up at Dakota State. Yeah, and it actually works out perfectly. I'm planning on making the trip up there. Okay. So we, 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 we won't have anything going on basketball-wise, so might as well keep supporting the football team. No, that's Madison, South Dakota, correct? It is. Okay. It is. So it's uh, well about two two ten up the interstate, not too okay. far from Sioux Falls. So easy trip on a Thursday night. Yeah, and I know they played another GPAC school this last weekend and, and beat them. So that'll be a good test for our guys to see where we stack up uh, with some kind of comparison uh, within the conference. So mm -hmm. uh, good luck to those guys, and, and obviously good luck to all of uh, fall sports as they get underway. It, it'll be exciting to see where things go. You know, Nick Nelson, your former and I guess current boss, uh, he in the last couple of years started doing kickoff and tip-off and tee-off uh, events, happy hours basically for supporters of the athletic programs. And I know just a couple weeks ago they had the fall kickoff and we heard from the coaching staff for the various sports. And uh, I know I was really impressed with everybody that we heard from. So I, I think uh, everyone seems like they've got a winning attitude and they're doing the right things to build the types of cultures they need to get players focused on the right things. Yep, I think so. And I, you know, certainly I'm biased talking about people I work with every day. Um, I think across the board we have a great coaching staff at Briarcliff, and I don't claim to be an expert in anything, not even basketball most days. But, you know, I think there's winners on board here, and I, I think the trajectory of our program across the board in athletics is, is on the up right now, and that's really exciting. Yeah, and make sure if you see something about those kickoff events, like I said, each each season the name's a little bit different. So obviously the fall is the, the kickoff, the winter's the tip-off, and the spring is the tee-off. But make sure you're getting down to those events. It's a great opportunity to meet the coaches, uh, meet Nick. Our recently announced uh, president, Rochelle Karstens, uh, was in attendance as well. So it's just a great opportunity to hear what's going on up at the cliff and ask some questions and ultimately – hold the coaches accountable yeah that's right you know and bring questions too i like to be put on the spot put a little pressure on me keep me on my toes now we talked about the jerseys i want to wrap up with with one thing here because we talked about your players apparel but one thing i've noticed going to games is that you've broken tradition a little bit from prior coaches in the program in that you rarely if ever maybe not ever uh, wear a tie on the sidelines. Is there a story to that? Well, there is. I, I can't say it's a great story, but there is. Um, so this upcoming season will be my 13th year coaching college basketball. And the first 11, I wore a tie for every single game, barring you know a trip to Florida where we would dress down a little bit, a little more casual. Um, I always wore a tie. Um, my dad taught me how to tie a tie at a young age. My dad was actually pretty upset when he came to one of our first games this year and I wasn't wearing a tie. <laughs> Um, but it's strictly functional, the reason I ditched the tie. I and our players will back this up, our coaching staff will back this up. I have a little bit of a sweating problem. And as you know, Matt, I, I pace a lot during games. I'm pretty animated during games. Sure. And uh, by ditching the tie and leaving my collar open, it does keep me just a little bit cooler, um, a little bit lighter throughout the game. And, and that's why I did it. I didn't know if I was going to like it or not. I told my wife before our first game last year I was doing it, and she couldn't believe it. Um, but I just kind of stuck with it all year and it's going to be the same again in here in year two for sure. 
Well, you see a lot of coaches now go into a lot more casual, it seems like, than the traditional suit and tie that you've seen in the past. A lot more polos and, and other things. Everyone kind of adopts it to their own personality. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, I'm not ditching the suits anytime soon. I've, I've always been a fan of wearing a suit. Um, it's just the tie. I, I just couldn't do it anymore. So we'll see. I try to try to keep it keep it fresh and maybe pull out a new suit here and there and you might see something crazy this year who knows well uh, with that we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of the bc buckets podcast make sure to follow us on twitter at at bc buckets cast again at bc buckets cast and make sure to send us an email at bc buckets podcast at gmail.com like i said earlier if you have any questions or just want to comment on the briarcliff basketball program or even any of the other programs and you want to hear our thoughts uh, go ahead and send that in we'd love to hear from you we'll be back in two weeks coach what are we going to talk about on the next episode well, we'll start off talking about some of our early season strength conditioning we're doing with our guys. Talk a little bit about our new guys. Um, we have 17 new guys on campus this uh, fall. And then, you know, hit on some of the returners, some of the key returners, maybe some guys that are going to step up this year and kind of give a preview of the roster and the schedule a little bit. Well, looking forward to it. And for Coach Figuera, I'm Matt Gall. Thanks for listening and battle on Chargers. <laughs>